Welcome to 1869, the Cornell University Press podcast. 2017 has been a a lot of fun, a really crazy year here at the press. And so as part of our kind of overall look back and uh, recap of everything we've done, we're going to chat to Dean Smith, the director of press today. Uh, Dean's been here two and a bit years or so and has made some significant changes to how we do things and his leadership has really pushed us along in this past year, my first full year. So we're going to meet with him and chat and see what he has to say. Well, hi Dean, thanks for, for joining us today. Thanks Martin, thanks for having me. So here we are at the end of 2017, it's been a pretty crazy whirlwind kind of year here at uh, Cornell University Press, so sitting here with you as a director, just wanted your overall kind of like big picture thoughts about the press in 2017. We've had some really exciting things happen this year, and I think in March it started with uh, hosting a former Prime Minister of Japan, uh, Naoto Khan, and, and, and having a presentation for his book, My Nuclear Nightmare, and that was you know, preparing the speech for you know, the former prime minister was really one of the highlights of my career, thinking about, you know, in the book it talks about how the Fukushima disaster, they had to think about there might not be a Tokyo, and having to to even fathom that, having been to Tokyo and really enjoyed being in that city, what that would have been like, uh, not only for Japan, but for the world, and it just was a really special moment for me. And then you know, moving quickly after that, we were preparing for uh, Cornell 77, uh, the book about the 1977 concert at Barton Hall, which many dead fans believe is one of the best ever. And that goes back to my interview when we were talking about what kind of books would you publish. And that's a question I often get. And, you know, I have a lot of experience in journal publishing and digital publishing and some experience in book acquisitions, but what was clear to me for Cornell University Press is that we needed to tell stories about the university, that we needed to resonate with the rest of the university and have, have them uh, be aware of us and, and our capabilities. And this is just a really uh, interesting story for me as, as a deadhead and somebody who followed the dead and, and attended 60 shows. And before I even started, we had somebody to write the book. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, working on that, and just to see it mushroom into <clears throat> what ended up being a Grammy-nominated box set with our book in it. And in six weeks, uh, the State Theater, Doug Levine, and uh, State Theater of Ithaca put on a listening party that sold out. And having all of those things, and things continue to happen, really interesting things for that book. And one of my favorite stories about that was when we were doing the cover, and we had Bob Weir and Jerry Garcia on the cover, and when we submitted that cover to the record company, who they were buying 15,000 copies, they said to us, you know, these guys are really on a team, and it's all for one and one for all. So if you're going to have two people on the front, it should be everybody. And that was about five minutes later, we sent them a new version of the cover. So and we ended up with a really, probably an even better cover, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, That's much sensitive. more effective. Yeah. Much cleaner. And uh, no, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we learn along the way, too. So this is, 
a business that's about relationships and people. And I've always thought, you know, I worked for the Thompson Corporation and, um, you know, you'd see them acquiring companies and you were, one, you know, wondering what happens with that relationship between the author and his publisher. And I've always thought that that is a really important thing. And, you know, that, that those relationships that you build, um, it's a relationship business and that's, that's the way I try to approach it. So, and moving on from there, we, we had the book about uh, the greatest games ever played by the Cornell hockey men's and women's teams. And that's out now. And again, that was a massive labor of love for the staff and a beautiful book. And, you know, we do get to not only tell Cornell stories, but to make beautiful books, uh, you know, on, on certain occasions. We can't do it every time, but, um, you know, the, to see that book and to see it, it's just a triumph, instantly a classic. And it's, it's a lot, a lot of, there are a lot of things to be excited about. We, the first year we really, 2015, 2016 timeframe, we had to look at our infrastructure and make some adjustments there and look at our warehouse situation and try to find the best way to move forward uh, into the 21st century with, with digital publishing and print-on-demand technologies and other things, and while also being sustainable, so trying to present a sustainable case to the university. But, you know, sitting right behind you is a letter to, a copy of a letter to Vladimir Nabokov saying we didn't want to publish uh, the novel in verse Eugene Onegin, and uh, his response, which said, I don't think you understood me. I, I want you to publish my book. And so, you know, along the way, we may have made some missteps, but we're still going and it'll be 150 years in 2019. Yeah, that's coming up really quickly. Um, it's, you know, you mentioned three kind of like uh, highlights that talk about the big picture. Um, you know, the, the Neodokan, I mean, hosting the prime minister of any country, that, as you say, that's a career highlight, right? I've, I've never met that kind of level of politician. That and then the two sort of very much Cornell books. Um, and you talk about telling stories about Cornell as an institution. You know, there's this weird, not weird, it's, it, I, you know, totally understandable, there's this legacy of university presses not wanting to do that, right? To stay away from kind of like telling stories about themselves, about their own institutions, their own author, their own uh, academics. And it strikes me that you've really embraced this idea of, of closer ties with the university. Was, and, and that really took place a lot in 2017. Was that like a, obviously it was a conscious effort, but, but what was the thinking behind it, I guess? So that goes back really to my days of Project Muse when I uh, was able to see a landscape of 200 publishers and how they operated. And, you know, every once in a while I'm asked to write a history or, um, you know, of, of look at the history of Johns Hopkins University Press and, and things like that. And, and when I started looking at Cornell University Press's history, or even Hopkins' history, both were, Cornell was the first in the nation, and, and Johns Hopkins is the oldest continuous. We're the oldest non-continuous, so we all like to talk about being old. But, uh, you know, when I come to work every day, I, I sit in this chair and I think of A.D. White, and A.D. White, Andrew Dixon White, who, who was the, really the driving force behind having a university press one of the top research institutions that was really important. And what they did was provide an outlet for faculty on that campus to publish. And we actually even had a steam cylinder press here. And when journeymen would come through Ithaca, they could find 
a means of employment at the press and, and, and students as well could uh, be able to afford to go to school because they worked at the press. So that, that history is something, you know, when I, uh, you know, went out to seek opportunities for directorships was thinking moving somewhat back to that initial mission uh, is a good thing because a lot of resources, especially in today's publishing landscape, where a lot of resources within a university are, are being spent on scholarship that was made in those universities, and then they're having to pay, library budgets are being really usurped by that, that model. And going back to providing opportunities or services for the folks on the campus or telling stories is a way to bind yourself and, and be top of mind when people think about that. I mean, Carrie Newman, who's the director at Baylor, uh, can have a conversation with the provost or the president at Baylor at any time. And mm -hmm. that's always struck me is, you know, Carrie is, is, you know, that's a really, I think, a good position to be in where your opinion is, is trusted in what, you know, you're publishing scholarship and disseminating knowledge. And none of that's really changed from back in 1869 is right. we're still disseminating and advancing and, and providing a service, a credentialing service, that's really important. Uh, quality is also important, so we can't ever sacrifice the 100 or 120 of the books that we publish, 60 of which win awards. I mean, that's providing a service to the academic community. We'll always do that, but it would be good to have some fun and really extend our audience and, and you know, expand our audience to, to people that might not, you know, I've had people think that we printed business cards, and we, we don't ever want to be in that conversation. I probably couldn't even begin to tell you how to design a business card. But, uh, no, it's very important to me. And, and, and like, so I'm the 13th director uh, of this press, and being part of that continuum is a great honor and something it's sacred to me. And I think about Andrew Dixon White for a number of reasons a lot of the time. Ezra Cornell, you know, the idea of any person, any course of study – and I also think, you know what, with my career, I'm, I'm also a beneficiary of that. So I'm right. sitting in this chair because of that. And, the, and I, you know, this is a fantastic place to be. So. Absolutely. I think it's interesting, you know, you use the term uh, telling stories as opposed to the term publishing, let's just say, uh, with the connection to the university. And I think that, that to me is kind of the crux of it in a way. It's like you're not publishing, you know, the, the books of the uh, faculty of Cornell in sort of a vanity style, which is what has always concerned university presses, but we're helping to tell the university's story um, in that kind of more broad sense. And if that means closer ties, then great, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you, you know, uh, we did the kind of, you know, three big highlights there of, of the year. Um, and now, here again, here we are, days away from the end of, this year, and you talked a couple of times, you used the word fun in, in just this kind of the, the last year, but also, you know, just in general. So looking forward to 2018, where's the fun coming from? Where, where, what are you looking forward to that's going to bring us fun and enjoyment and excitement in the things we do here? Uh, there's a number of really interesting projects. I think uh, I'm about to go to a meeting to talk about the Open Lending Project with the Internet Archive, where they've, they've created essentially a digital lending library where we're able to uh, digitize you know, books from our deep backlist and, and put them in there and, and patrons are allowed to come in and take one digital copy similar to a library and they're going to help us digitize those books. And 
to me, that's just one big marketing and distribution and discovery catalog. And I'm, I'm just, as an experiment, so I would get really excited by innovation, experimentation, those kind of things. And, you know, is there a time when we can reduce for a scholar that, that period of six years where they go from idea to printed book? Uh, can, we, can we iterate and peer review uh, on a platform or, or, and stop, you know, with print on demand? And I think you've uh, written about this where, you know, we could change the version of the book if we want to. And have different levels of collaboration and, and innovation along the way. So those we've got a couple of those kinds of projects. I'm also really uh, excited about publishing next fall a book of lectures and talks by uh, John Cleese. Uh, he's the um, provost professor at large at Cornell, and I think that'll just be a really interesting window into John Cleese's mind that you won't get from just studying the YouTube videos and the comedy. And that's so, and, and also, you know, all of the exciting scholarship we have coming, a book on um, the Veterans Administration and healthcare by one of our top best-selling authors, Suzanne Gordon. And, you know, I love the fact that these authors who are our bestsellers challenge us and call us. And I love being in conversations with, with, our, with our authors, especially the ones that push me and, and push us to do better. Um, you know, again, back to that relationship piece. But... Yeah, one of the great things is that we, we are only limited by the scope of our ideas. So what we come up with, we can test and experiment. And we can take things from, you know, the, the larger world and try to apply it to what we're doing because we need to. Right. We need to reinvent, you know, survival, sustainability. Those are key themes for me in terms of, and, and I'm excited also about being able to partner with the library. I mean, you and I both know, and we've talked about, there's this great hip-hop collection in there yeah. that we want to, you know, mine. It's maybe the world's greatest collection of hip hop uh, material, and some books on that. I know. I think it'd be. I just think it'd be fantastic, Cornell University, to have a Cornell University Press to have a hip hop series or set of books. I mean, you don't like. It just seems a an unexpected relationship, right, between the two. Yeah, and you know, the other piece of it is, is I'm really excited about by what's not yet happened. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, where's that? I had the, you know, I was very fortunate to be able to edit the, the Grateful Dead book, and, and that's sort of a lifelong uh, passion of mine, but also uh, worked on The Cancer Crossings, which is coming out by Tim Wendell, which is a really important book in March. But being able to go line by line on something is just, for me, and whatever that next one is that's going to be, be that, I'm really excited about what that, what that next one is. And I hope, you know, I hope what we're starting to do is, is get some attention amongst some writers who want to work with us because we do a lot of hands-on suggesting and development and a lot of time those those books that the people are talking to us about they take them other places so um, you know we're still old school when it comes to that developmental piece and um, you know I, I love being on the front lines of that and and trying to and, and making a suggestion or somebody's having trouble at, you know ending their book because they're too close to it and being able to suggest something and, and watching their, their agreement and, you know, that, that sort of, it doesn't get any better than that. But. Right. And you, you're, you get to do that, the kind of the, uh, the editorial side, but you also get to dip your toe into the, the marketing and the production and, the, you know, all the other bits and pieces. So it must be a, a challenge, but also rewarding, right, to get a little, to be still active in each of those areas as director. Well, I mean, absolutely. So I think it all, and I mean, I know people, some people have difficulty with this, but 
it's all about marketing. It's all about sales. It's all about customer service, no matter what you do. And right. whether you're acquiring a book or you're, you know, that, that whole, that whole thing is part of your own personal brand. So I really enjoy being able to work on a team on those kind of things or coming up with ideas and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, somebody, you know, somebody once told me, he said, you know, you have, you're an idea guy and I am, but I also like to, you know, I, hopefully I don't micromanage, but I like to be in there with you. I like to roll up my sleeves and I like to jump in and, and, and if I'm, if there's anything you need me to do, I, I want to, well, I, I'll do the, it. There cannot be many directors who roll up their sleeves to the degree of, uh, schlepping boxes of books up to uh, the ice hockey rink on campus to help sell and then hand out, I mean, stand in the cold and hand out postcards and flyers. And that, that's, that level of commitment is pretty unusual. So, My son likes yeah. doing the flyers. Yeah, he's, he's actually he much better job. at that than me. <laughs> he did a really good job. Um, not in a negative sense, but challenges that, you've, that you foresee coming in 2018? And, and, you know, they might be tough things, but things you think we can potentially take advantage of or should at least be thinking about uh, being aware of so that we're not, you know, uh, sticking our head in the sand and, and ignoring them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really recently been thinking like it's all part of the ecosystem or the landscape. There are challenges everywhere. There's the bookstore bookstore challenge. There's the Amazon challenge. There's the, you know, the, the author challenge where there's always, you know, there's folks that there's a constant pressure, a downward pressure on price. So um, people people are looking, they're shopping uh, for the lowest possible price on a book, and that's fine. Um, and I and I would do the same thing. But it's just what what are those unforeseen things that are that we can get ahead of? You know, once will will tenure and certification change when the universities universities are trending more towards corporatization? So you know, how many? What's the debt yield? How many full paying tuition? you know, uh, instances do we have that, that whole, a lot of those pressures are affecting us as well. You know, the move towards adjunct professors and all of that and, and online courses. And so how does our content, how do we figure out ways to get our content, uh, our, our, our books and, and into, into new scenarios, into digital scenarios before we're being forced to do that. So, you know, trying to get ahead of it as much as possible. And, you know, but it's always too. What are the who are the readers of the future? I sit there and think, you know, are you going to be just downloading content on WhatsApp and um, <laughs> being able to mash it up and yeah. and synthesize it and and develop your own packages on the fly in like five minutes? Yeah. Versus the you know the kind of commitment it takes to sit down with Codex uh, for hours and and browse. Like there's still no better browsability than than the printed book. I don't think. Right. But there are so, lots of factors that are, that are happening that we don't even know about. That we've got to, and I think you're doing a great job of being able to do some market research, bring some students in to be able to have them help us with what are, what are the next things? How do you study? How do you do things? And I worked at the Association for Talent Development. It was great working with trainers because they looked at information like plankton and they wanted to just draw different pieces into their own shtick. So they'd like, oh, can I download that into my PowerPoint? Or, you know, that the highlighter was a big. Mm-hmm. A, a, a nice giveaway because they were constantly just picking out concepts that they would then mash up. So how how could we, you know? And I think with with eBooks and, and you know in, in in libraries we can look at some of the you know what's the most used content that we have, what isn't being used, and right. you know try to get. But just the kind of the day the day to day of you know cranking the machinery for 130 books is you know 
a pretty arduous task and we don't necessarily have um, a lot of resources to be able to invest in things like digital platforms but how do we so next year one of I think a really exciting thing but it's also a challenge is let's find some funding sources to be able to do some fun things right. so yeah it's interesting almost everything that you that you mentioned there ties one way or another back to data right and just the importance and value of it um, even if it's the printed word on the page it's still data right and so yeah this is well hopefully we'll meet all of these challenges and, and uh, destroy them and <laughs> yeah. you know so okay so last at least thing. we're thinking about well exactly yeah, yeah yeah exactly right and I think that that's you push us as a as a press to to consider those things and that comes from your you. from your that's leadership nice. so okay well one last you know kind of big takeaway uh, either from the year past or yeah just give us something to go into the holidays with well I mean you know I think I think it goes back to we're I'm a, there are 120 directors of university presses so uh, I don't know how many other in publishing, it's a very small percentage of people that get to do this. And, um, you know, to be able to bring something from an idea, it, whatever it is you're doing, having an idea and see it come to fruition and seeing it, even if it isn't successful, just to have done that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think there's anything better, honestly. I, I just, you know, I, I don't think there's anything better in life than, than trying to, what we publish makes a difference. When that when that book gets into the right hands and somebody, when, you know, has some inspiration and that we've helped do that. I remember, I think one of the things when Bill Moyers sent a, a thank you card to our publicity manager saying, you publish important works. You know, that, that's it right there. You Change, know, changing the world one book at a time. Right? Changing the world one book at a time. Yeah. I mean, to feel like you're doing something that actually makes the world a better place every day. So, Well, that is a pretty positive way to... Uh wrap up 2017. Dean, thank you very much and we'll look forward to next year. Thanks, Martin. All right. So that was Dean Smith, Director of Cornell University Press. Um, we, uh, on behalf of him and the rest of the staff, wish you a wonderful holiday. Uh, enjoy the end of 2017. Look forward to the beginning of 2018 and uh, take care wherever you are. You've been listening to 1869 Cornell University Press Podcast.